saying the driver might have fallen asleep at the wheel. The following day, the Herald reported that officers close to the investigation cited the driver's mental health issues, which may have contributed to the terrible crash. The steady drip of stories continued for five consecutive days, and they covered everything there was to know about the former Ranger and Delta Force operator, who was dubbed a good guy but troubled by unnamed former colleagues. The newspapers and local cable channels built up a picture of a veteran who was having difficulties integrating back into society. They interviewed his neighbors in the low-rent Overtown area, just north of downtown Miami, and they pieced together in gruesome detail the final moments of Tiny's life. They seemed to have the whole story. Everything, that is, apart from the call he made to John Resnick. A week after the crash, under a perfect blue Miami sky, Resnick stood on the periphery of a group of mourners at the Burns family's graveside, where the funeral of Tiny, his wife Linnell, and their eight-year-old son John was commencing. Tiny's family and friends held each other tight for comfort and support. Tears spilled down the mourners' faces as a few began to sob openly. It took six big guys to carry Tiny's coffin, while there was a smaller coffin for his wife and a child-sized coffin for his son. The minister dabbed his brow with a white handkerchief and began to recite the Lord's Prayer as the coffins were lowered into the three plots. Then he read some passages from the Bible and talked of the man who had fought for his country. He didn't mention the time Tiny had spent living in a shitty trailer in Del Rey after a temporary split from his wife. And no one there had heard about him working the doors of dangerous nightclubs and bars across Miami. The relentless grind of making ends meet. As the harsh sun beat down on the mourners, Resnick's mind drifted. He replayed Tiny's final words over and over in his head. The sound of his voice. The desperation. But most of all, what had he meant by, they're gonna kill us all? The words had been plaguing Resnick. He'd thought of little else in the days following the crash. His gaze wandered around the seventy or eighty mourners, Standing on the far side of the cemetery was a fair-haired guy wearing a navy suit, white shirt, and black tie. Resnick recognized him as Pete Dorfman, a Delta operator from way back. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, the minister said. Resnick stepped forward and stared into the grave, as close family threw handfuls of earth onto the coffins. After the minister brought the funeral service to an end, everyone hung around, exchanging commiserations and hugs. Then as they drifted out of the cemetery, Resnick caught the eye of Dorfman, who smiled. Long time no see, John, he said. Resnick shook his hand. Yeah. Think everyone's heading down to the deuce in South Beach for a drink, where Tiny used to work. How does that sound? Resnick nodded. Meet you there in an hour. The deuce was a windowless dive. Inside was a horseshoe-shaped bar with a pink neon sign flashing on and off. A Ramon song was playing full blast as Resnick and some of the others filed in. It was hardly a typical after-funeral venue. A few disheveled barflies looked up from their drinks. Some family friends and relatives, along with members of Tiny's church, were looking a bit bewildered to be in such a place. Resnick was introduced to a few. He offered his condolences and took a scotch from Tiny's brother-in-law, an ex-Marine. He knocked it back, the warm liquid burning his insides. It felt good. As he drifted away from the group, Resnick noticed Dorfman sitting by himself in a corner near the pool table. 
He went to the bar and ordered a couple of cold Heinekens, then walked over and joined him. Good to see you, man, Dorfman said, taking the beer gratefully. Resnick sat down and looked at Dorfman, who had tears in his eyes. He clinked his bottle of Heineken against Dorfman's and took a long sip. You all right? Dorfman nodded. Nothing some liquor won't cure. Resnick smiled. Dorfman nursed his bottle of beer for a few minutes before they began to talk. First small talk, the atrocious heat wave engulfing the South. Then they moved on to the old days and the Delta crew they'd known and served with. But more than anything, they talked of Tiny. God damn, man, Dorfman said. Why the hell didn't we keep in touch? Resnick took another gulp of beer. Never seemed to find the time. Dorfman sighed, a faraway look in his eyes. Must be a couple of years, maybe more, John.